Welcome to Econa Day Unplugged. Today is Tuesday, December 19th, 2017. I am Ann Picker, Econa Day's Chief Economist. And with me are Jeremy Hawkins in London and Mark Pender in the good old USA. Since this podcast is our last of the 2017, we thought we would give a brief overview of what happened during the year. According to the IMF, faster growth is reaching about two-thirds of the world's population, and central banks, for the most part, continue to press on the accelerator with stimulus, except most notably in the U.S. Jeremy, you've had a very active year on your side of the pond. Yeah, it's been an interesting one. And I guess we've got to say for Europe as a whole, it's been a pretty good year, really. Um, equity markets are boom, certainly piggybacking off what's been happening your side of the pond. The ECB's refi rate is still at zero. Longer dated bond yields are by all means higher, but not by much and pretty well still you know, historically very low. Um, I think perhaps the most surprising aspect has been the performance of the euro, which was supposed to what struggle on the back of an anticipated tidal wave of populism across the eurozone and the prospect of increasingly negative interest rate differentials between the ECB and the Fed. Of course, in practice, okay, we had some some early wobbles, but by and large, eurozone politics have proved surprisingly stable. And despite the Fed tightening, and there's still a very commodity ECB, the euro's what, what, the best part of 12% or so against the dollar so far in 2017. That said, of course, there's still the issue of politics on the, on the horizon. It really never seems to go away. We still don't have a, a proper government in Germany since September's inconclusive election. So that's something investors should certainly be keeping an eye on. This Thursday, we'll get the Spanish uh, Catalan regional elections. Um, the opinion polls at the moment are extremely close there. So that's another thing to, to very much take, take notice of. And the general election in Italy in 2018 as well, where the nationalist parties look to be doing well. I think for the Eurozone in general, though, it's been um, you know, a good performance this year. If we go back to what probably when we spoke a year ago, the Central Bank Survey of Professional Forecasters were looking for growth this year of about 1.4%. The ECB were looking for 1.7%. Um, with just the last quarter to go, it looks as if it's going to be closer to 23 or 2.4%. So a tick as far as that goes. But as we talked about so often, it's the underlying inflation picture, which is the problem. Um, it looks, we know it's still too soft. And indeed, so far, it looks as if on a full year basis, core inflation's only going to come in about 1% or so. So a long way short of um, what the ECB is looking for. And again, as we discussed previously, it's just a reflection of this disconnect between um, what's going on with the real economy and what's happening to inflation. And... I guess it's you know, the danger is that we see that that disconnect being removed and we finally start to see faster growth pushing inflation meaningful, meaningfully higher. That could actually be the big surprise in 2018. We know that the ECB plans to halve its monthly net, net QE asset purchases next year uh, down to, what, 30 billion. But we do start to see inflation responding to a tighter labour market. Um, then we could perhaps see you know, the, the QE programme being ended that much sooner and currently discounted. So I guess bottom line there is watch wages. For the UK, well, the big word, of course, is Brexit, ongoing Brexit. In a nutshell, we can say that, well, if things are progressed at a snail's pace, 
and even a snail would realise that there's minimal chance of everything being sorted out before the official exit date on the uh, what, 29th of March 2019. Trade talks aren't due to begin until March next year. So sadly, looks as if Brexit is going to remain a major market mover as far as 28's concern, 2018 is concerned. And ultimately, that should mean that sterling is again going to be a very volatile currency. But just quickly round off with one point to note on this Brexit issue is, you know, it's, it's, I think it is important to remember that when we had this referendum here back in June 2016, it wasn't legally binding. It remains very much the case that the rest of the EU doesn't want it to happen in the first place. So should some unforeseen shock occur that sort of unites Parliament and popular opinion in favour of staying in, then we could well see a second referendum at some point next year. And it could well see the EU28 staying at the EU28 and not 27. But still, we've got interest rates headed north over here, but probably not very far because this Brexit issue is still so uncertain. And um, it's very unlikely, I think, that if we do see interest rates on the continent or indeed for the UK itself moving next year, they're only going to go up extremely slowly. So quite optimistic, I suppose, of 2018, but still a lot of uncertainty about. Thanks, Jeremy. Uh, Asia covers a lot, rather large geographic area, so I will just hone in on a few points. Uh, Chinese growth continues to be probably the most cl- closely watched by emerging countries, along with the developing ones. Australia continues its process of weaning away from mining for the Chinese market to more domestically oriented industries, but it's been a struggle. Remarkably, Australia continues to grow without suffering a recession. And this has been going on since 1991, exclamation point. The RBA's current interest rate is 1.5% and it's been there since August 2016. Moving north, Japan has grown now for seven consecutive quarters, indicating a definite improvement in the economy. But there is still virtually no inflation. Unemployment is very low at 3.2%, and as a result of these conditions, the Bank of Japan has had a negative interest rate since January 2016 in its efforts to reach its 2% inflation target. Uh, Their interest rate at this current time is minus 0.1%. Everyone, though, is watching China. Growth has been around about what was expected, namely steady at 6.8% on the year to 6.9%. Exports are particularly monitored closely and picked up in November, but they've been rather volatile. But the evidence in November was taken as a sign of the true pickup in global growth. But the threats from North Korea continue to loom over the geographic area, with many people very much concerned over the deterioration of rates with the deterioration of the situation with the country over the past year. Equities on a global basis are all that are tracked here, which are some 20 odd indices, are up for the year with just the few trading days left, and the dollar is also up on the year with just the few trading d- days left. Mark, 
the U.S.? Yes. Well, uh, uh, we have a very, uh, looks like we're developing here a strong fourth quarter. Uh, we're getting uh, the latest numbers now. We had uh, housing data this morning, housing starts and permits. The new home sales market. Housing had uh, opened the year pretty well, but it, it's hard to judge uh, strength in the winter because uh, it needs um, uh, a lot of seasonal uh, input, seasonal adjustments. Um, but then it's definitely flattened out in the, in the second and third quarters. And now, at least in the new home sales side, has uh, sharply pivoted higher. And there's uh, indication after indication now that we're seeing something developing. We're definitely seeing some steam uh, coming out of that market, which is always a heads-up market for people looking for imbal- economic imbalances. Uh, this year has also been marked by uh, uh, unusual strength for the regional and anecdotal reports, where this year, almost across the board, marks the highest on record, uh, even those going back 50 years. So we've really seen uh, a something um, at those levels and the small sample size reports. And this has also been reflected in a little bit larger sample sizes, which are the consumer confidence and sentiment reports. They too, uh, along with the ISM on a national level, have been just at, and the Chicago PMI, have just been at extraordinarily strong levels. Now, we had two, three percent quarters in the second quarter and the third quarter GDP. And it looks very clearly like we're going to, even though trade doesn't got off, got off to a slow start with exports falling in October and imports rising sharply, it does look like uh, the uh, 3% is a conservative bet for what the fourth quarter will bring. This will put GDP, those three quarters in a row, are about as strong as it's been uh, since going into the oil price collapse of uh, 2014. Um, it is one of the strongest spells of this expansion, and it's coming late in the expansion. It has not, however, um, it wasn't at least, however, driven by con- consumer spending in the uh, set in the third quarter, which actually flattened out. Um, but it could very well be driven by that in the fourth quarter, uh, given what we've seen were extraordinarily strong retail sales results for uh, November and uh, and not a bad job in October. So it looks like the economy is sailing in at a pretty good rate. I don't know if it's the rate is equal to what the stock market has done. We're talking about 30% appreciation for the NASDAQ, 25%. Uh, year-to-date for the uh, Dow. These are significant things. Uh, and uh, the dollar has been another factor this year, and it's been on the soft side. Um, it down about 8% um, this year, which is actually a benefit to at least uh, our net exports. U.S. net exports for the GDP to really hold on or even approach 3%. It's not only going to have to have a strong consumer component, but it has to have uh, a better net exports. Uh, exports have to be uh, going up and imports have to be coming down. Imports have not been coming down. Consumer imports have been actually a drag and will be a drag on the fourth quarter. But an unusual uh, year, I think, for the financial markets, especially with the emergence here now of this Bitcoin and uh, underscoring all the uh, uh, the great momentum that these markets have been showing. And, of course, now we're having the tax um, thing. This is Tuesday, uh, December 19th, and we, we may get a vote in the House today. 
So that is coming together. So it, an unusually good year for the U.S. economy. Uh, the labor market, unusually strong. Just, uh, you know, a, a very good performance. Thanks, Mark. I'd like to wish our audience a very happy holiday season, and we'll see you next year. <laughs>